Now go. You can't start a Bible study like this. Then go. <laughs> you already started it. Yeah. Oh, you people don't even know. <laughs> How much I love my wife. Oh, oh that was a good cover up was. but you're lying. Well, I'm not lying. I do love you. Okay, we need to get going or somebody on YouTube's going to yell at us. It's been 24 seconds and you haven't started. Ready? Go. <laughs> See what I did there. Uh, I won't tell that story. Good morning or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to it. Um, you better be listening to these or at least reading your Bible. You don't have to listen to me, but people need to be in the Word. Every day, without fail. Got to read it. We had a suggestion. Um, more suggestions I asked on the live to what? Because we Look, do a we live do on next. Instagram every Saturday at noon Eastern time. If you guys ever want to come join us and say, hey, yeah. that's what we do. You probably know that, but just in case. Yeah, and I had asked on there what. Um, what book do y'all want to go into next? That we want to do in the. Because Philippians this past week was church fun. church Bible studies. And yeah, I decided to do Philippians again. And I know I've done that recently. And I've actually done the next book that we're going to do. We had a suggestion. And anyway, Thessalonians went out um, for that because people wanted to go through that again. I was like, you know what, I haven't, that's cool. I'll go through. We went through the letters quickly, briefly. Um, Let's do it again. With the kids, and, and we recorded them and did the Bible studies on them. But I don't mind going through this again. It's been a while, and we have a bunch of new people, so maybe yeah. we're looking for it's a good new good stuff way. to go over. Um, so, yeah, we'll go through Thessalonians. I intended to do, we still need to do Acts. Because I think that was the last New Testament, Acts and Revelation. Revelation's just taking me a very, very, very long time. I'm still, like, that has been something that I've been working on for well over a year, just going through. There's um, just so much So in much, there, yeah. just trying to get a good message on there, because there is a lot. And I know all the time that I've spent on it, it won't be half as good as <laughs> I think that it will be in my head, but... Anyway, so those are the only two that we have left, and I still intend to do acts, but keep getting distracted by these different different books. But it's cool, so we'll do Thessalonians. Everybody want to take a minute to pray. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, help with counsel, provision, literally whatever it might be, please reach out and let us know. You can go to APHomeChurch.com, and everything is on there. Yep, everything's on there. and So please feel free to contact us. Don't hesitate. Don't think that we're too busy or whatever else. I know Because we're not. People are very reluctant all the time. They're like, so sorry, you're so busy. It's like, okay, well, if I don't have time to serve anybody that's asking me or needs me for anything, then I'm not doing the right thing. So please don't hesitate. Um, Said we're doing Thessalonians here, uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. It's it's a really interesting uh, place, actually. First off, he probably wrote Thessalonians around the same time that he wrote Corinthians. And this book deals with um, a lot of mention to the rapture of the church in Thessalonians, which that was revealed in Corinthians. And he wrote Corinthians right around. um, He actually probably wrote Thessalonians from Corinth um, during his second missionary journey. 
So he most likely had, you know, was given, there's no, Paul doesn't indicate at what points he was given the mysteries and the revelations that he was given from Christ. He doesn't, you know, there's no like chronolo, you know, they're not in any kind of order that he says, okay, it was this day that I received, or he could have received all his information you know, when, when Christ appeared to him over the, we don't know. I mean, that's, it's speculation at this point, but he does kind of in Corinthians, he just kind of says, you know, boom, he reveals a mystery to that. And you're like, wow, that's a, I mean, it's, um, it's a very, very large mystery that's unveiling. It makes sense. It fits in with the rest of scripture to, to, with this this event that would take place prior to the tribulation period on earth so it makes it, it made a whole lot of sense when he when he revealed it <clears throat> and in Thessalonians that just seems to be the theme here of this first book cuz he mentions it in every single chapter yeah of this book yeah so it's you, it's you obviously literally cannot go important. without him discussing it um but Thess- Thessaloniki is a really interesting place. It still exists to this day. Obviously, it's been rebuilt and everything, but it still exists to this day in modern-day Greece. And um, in World War II, interesting enough, it was a l- it was very, very important to the Third Reich, which, which I find Hitler, so fascinating. It, which is just so amazing because it was invaded by uh, the Italians at first, and they were un- unsuccessful with the with the Germans and then the Germans invaded and, and took over and Hitler wanted it Thessaloniki to serve as a third Reich's main base there in, in Greece. Yeah. <clears throat> and like 96% of the Jewish population in Thessaloniki was transported to concentration camps and killed. And a major, a large majority of Jews from Thessaloniki went to Auschwitz, um, which is very, very interesting. So it's got, uh, it's got a lot of, of interesting modern history along with it's of course during it's this time, Paul's time um, with that Greco Roman culture, everything. But Thessaloniki, as we go through this book, we'll see that, they were very, very receptive to the gospel. It's one of Paul's very um, more upbeat letters. Um, they, they, he doesn't really have to correct them and deal with a whole lot of issues in Thessala, you know, for the Thessalonian church. So the letter kind of which is surprising in itself, which is very surprising. <laughs> you can see that um, this is this is a very, very anxiety relieving letter for Paul yeah. to write to the Thessalonians uh, because it's there's definitely a lot more uh, joy in this because he's not worrying about fixing problems within the church. So what does this mean for us today as we go through it? This is one of, I think, our greatest hopes, one of our, um, one of the best things that we can we can read to be excited about what we have to look forward to with the soon return of Christ. And although we don't know the day or hour, we know that it's it's soon. And Paul speaks in this language to always remain 
in living in that light of his soon return. So to have this mystery revealed so to have of this the rapture, yeah. I mean, this it is huge and it is important and it is exciting. Sure. It's something we should, and as it's something he tells that we us, should encourage each to. other with. Correct. Yeah. So we'll go. Oops, I have my ESV app up, and that's not what I'm reading. That's not uh, going to work very well. We do this in New Living Translation. Yep. If you're new. All right. Verse one. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. That's one, I don't want to turn cheesy here, but one verse two is something that we all can learn about prayer. We thank God for all of you and pray for all of you constantly. Absolutely. Thank God we've been blessed with a body, with the home church, with an online presence that has been so great at interacting with each other, asking each other for prayer. And that's it's we've been so blessed with that. So we just encourage that to continue and increase. Verse three. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work and loving deeds and the enduring hope we have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have hope in Christ. People go, well, I want hope in, in something to look forward to. Okay, Christ. This is what you have. This, this is, is the what you have. Hope. You should need no other hope or encouragement or anything other than Christ. Verse 4. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and that he has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern from you, from the way that we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit, in spite of severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia Macedonia and Acacia. So they not only received it, but the Spirit was convicting them of their sins and they were living out this exception of the gospel. So it wasn't just in words. It wasn't just saying, I love Jesus on Sunday. The Thessalonian church actually went through persecution and was actually doing these things. And the Holy Spirit was actually evident in these believers because it was causing them to abandon their idols and, and leave their daily lives. Like I always teach that we think that we're so far removed from this era of time and we're not because we can place ourselves right in the Thessalonian church and think about first century issues much like the, the issues that we have today. They're the exact same. Absolutely. They're just a different time and things are different. Of course, we didn't have iPads and the interweb and all that yeah. stuff. But for the come on, give me a break here. It was it was We're not the that same. Far they had. They had markets and they had they did things and they had sports and careers they, and they focus job exactly and they um, trade and this 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 time was a, a very very um, 
wealthy time period for, I guess, just that whole area. Because there was just so much money traveling through there. And uh, they they had a lot of the same same things that you and I face today. Granted, a lot of their stuff was they had temples to all kinds of gods that they actually went in and worshipped and offered different kinds of sacrifice and they have them in their homes but that's no different from the things that we go and do and the things that we worship and the time that we spend doing today oh yeah our temples just look a little different so we think that we're so far apart but we're not we're not and like this i mean these were just the the spirit came into these people's lives and it was just so evident and paul is praising them because look not only do do you say that you love this and you're and you're showing you know you're saying this outwardly but you're doing it and now you've been an example to this whole world and the fact of of how immoral and just how worldly this this whole and like it's much like today i mean this was like the the las vegas's or the the new york's or the la's you know i mean this was very very comparable to these these same just very very wealthy prosperous areas and um in fact um thessaloniki is the second largest city in greece it's not called thessaloniki anymore it's called slonika now or slonike um with an s but it's the second largest uh, city in greece and a very again still just a very very prosperous place so don't be like oh i don't understand what this means when we read about the issues and then the pre well in thessaloniki's case it's not issues as much as it is praise, but you still can give yourself that that mind of thinking when you read these. All right, verse eight. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, who raised God from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. And I think wrapping up Thessalonians 1.10 is, sums up what we were talking about when we said the encouragement of looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom raised the dead. So, they were saying that Paul word was that they were this church was so strong and they completely flipped their lives around. They completely stopped serving the idol. They stopped doing the stuff that they were accustomed to. They accepted the gospel with complete, with complete, complete sincerity and it changed their lives. And, and they just, they got rid of everything and turned to God and turned to serving God. And not only that, they were talking and so excited about the return of Christ. 
about the soon return of Christ. Again, we say soon. How can you keep saying soon? It's been 2,000 years and yeah. it haven't, hasn't happened yet. I don't fully believe that, fault, that Paul thought, sure, he was under the... He was under the assumption that Christ could return at any point. Sure. But he also was under the assumption, he also knew that the gospel had to be spread out to all the nations of the world, to a lot of people. A lot of work had to be done before Christ would return. So I don't think, I don't buy into the whole belief that Paul thought that Christ was returning in his time period. I think Paul knew that there was going to be a little bit, a period of time and whatever that time period was. You know, I don't think Paul was an apostle that was going out to preach Christ to the Gentile. I highly doubt he was concerned about being, you know, well, any second I could be zapped up out of my shoes like the, the, the rapture opponents will criticize premillennialists of. I don't, I don't think Paul was expecting to be zapped out of his shoes at any second. And I also don't take that to mean that the kingdom came with the, the second coming, partial coming came in 70 AD too. We don't buy into that theology at all. I believe that Paul knew that a lot of work had to be done, but the reason why that he was explaining it, and we have to remember that these believers in Thessalonica and Corinth and everything where Paul was, these were people that were direct witnesses to either Jesus or these apostles' teachings. Direct eyewitness. I mean, these people these people knew and understood a lot of things. That's why Paul says, well, hey, I don't even need to write to you. You guys already know. They already knew and understood a lot of this stuff. So there was no, there was no reason for him to really expand on it. He could speak in a sense of saying, okay, you guys know that this, his, return, his return is near. And that means, well, yeah, it's very near. Why? Because he came the first time. And that means, and then he said he's coming again. So I take him for his word and believe that's going to happen. And when he says soon, I go, okay, well, that seems like that would be like, you know, maybe next week in a couple hours. But then you read through the rest of the epistles and the rest of the letters and you understand. And then Peter says what he says. He says, hey, in the last days, there's going to become come people that are going to be saying, hey, where's he at? Everybody says that he was going to come back in the first century. Yet things are still going on like they did back from when the patriarchs were here. So what, what, where is he? And that, I mean, that makes sense to Peter's statement of saying that this is going, this is going to, to occur because of this time period. And then he goes on to say, well, it's not. It's not that he's taking forever. It's that it's God has patience. And then we understand that it's the fullness of the Gentiles that must come in. So God has, he is building his body. I mean, in a sense, yes, we want him to come now. But in the other sense, while he's not coming, we have more chance to spread the, to spread the gospel or for people to, to 
come to a knowledge of Christ. <clears throat> so, I mean, we we look at this as is a a benefit as well. I mean, it's a benefit of time, but it's time's running out. Hey, I don't know when I'm gonna have to go, but I'm gonna have to go. My ride's not here yet. It's gonna get here any minute. Just because it's been longer than you perceive that somebody was talking about does not make it any less sooner. And even if I end up sounding like an idiot and it's 500 years from now, I still will not go back and say that I people in 500 years from now should expect a soon return of Jesus Christ. If that occurs. I highly, highly doubt it. But going back to the Thessalonians here, they understood this and they spoke about this and it was something that they were excited and they encouraged each other about the fact that Christ was going to re to appear to rescue us from the terrors of the coming judgment upon the whole world, which we know to be the tribulation period, Daniel's 70th week. So this is something that's, yes, Nobody wants to be on the earth during the tribulation period because this is going to be the worst possible period. And I mean, this is not, this is when God's wrath is poured out on all humanity. That's not something that you take lightly. And if you don't understand what that means, which a lot of people don't, it's, that's a dangerous misunderstanding because it's, it's, it's more powerful than you can even imagine than any of us can even comprehend. So the fact that we get to be rescued from this final judgment on mankind, that's something that's encouraging. That's definitely a, a huge benefit for us. That's just for following and being faithful like the Thessaloniki church was, or the Thessalonian church was. <clears throat> and not only receiving the gospel, but doing it and looking forward to the soon return of Christ. I guess we have enough time to do two chapters. Where are we at on time? 22. Yeah, we'll do another chapter. Yeah. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. All right. And we also think this in going into chapter two here, Paul probably wrote the way that he includes Timothy and Sylvanus and everything in the beginning. Probably pro Paul probably wrote the Thessalonian believers this letter to encourage them too, because it had been a while he hadn't been able to return back to see them. And he didn't want them. He was concerned that he didn't want them to think that either he wasn't thinking about them or like he wasn't ever going to come and see them again. Like it was just some pass through, like, you know, Hey, I'm going to give you all this and say all this stuff and then bye. Don't yeah. care about you. Yeah. Just take off and leave yeah. and not so be invested. That, that's another thing. So Paul's talking about here in chapter two opens up with, uh, remembering his, his first visit, uh, with them. So starting in verse one, you yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that all our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yeah, Paul had a very bad time. We just talked about that in our Philippian study, um, which Philippians was another 
somewhat more encouraging book than Thessalonians or than any of the other letters. Not more than Thessalonians. But I think that Philippians is probably the other um, church that that didn't give Paul as, as much grief like like the Thessalonians did. But he definitely did not have a good time when he was there, and the people of Philippi did not treat him well. And he he came to Thessalonica, and these believers knew that he had been beaten and thrown out of the city and he, you know he just didn't have a good time all right verse three so you know we were not preaching any deceit or impure motives or trickery for we speak as messengers approved by god to be entrusted with the good news our purpose is to please god not people underline that and highlight that remember that very that goes for important. all of us, not just for, not just for this in con, you know, in context here. Well, Our purpose as so servants often, of Christ is to yeah. serve God and not people. But how often do you have people? It's like, well, I know that Scripture says this, but you know, my parents really expect right. this. My husband really, well, you we know what I mean? There's God, so much, not yeah. People. So that's it's great to do things for other people, fantastic, but. The point is to serve and to please the Lord. If yep. it does not serve and please the Lord, then it's irrelevant. Yep, you're on a different, you're on a different playing field when you serve the Lord. It looks different from from Absolutely. what's right in front of you. Okay, reading the last part of four, there he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Verse five. That's very well. Before I go to five, that's very important too. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. So if we're working to please God and not people, it doesn't matter what people say mm -mm. or do to us. No. It doesn't matter what they say that our motives are. They think that our motives are. God knows why we're doing what we're doing and what we're trying to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. God alone examines the motives of your heart. Verse 5, never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we are not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. I didn't, that's not the way that I do this Bible study. That's not the way that I run our ministry. That's not the way that we run the ministry. That's not the way that I do anything. None with flattery. I'm not trying to, to do anything, especially not get your money. No. <laughs> Number six oh, is for you. <laughs> yeah. Verse six. As for it has to be clarified so often now with so many ministries and stuff. How much even in these YouTube ministries. Oh, now it's that, all about getting there, your money. It's crazy. It's, it's all the way out there. It's crazy. So yes, no. Just to clarify. No, never. And if I do, I this is one of those like may the Lord strike me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Now. All right, six. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. Which is oh, something that's so oh, that's, we all are looking for that human praise, right? We want to be validated. We want the likes. We want the subscribers. We want right, like that's what everybody's looking for. The the bigger the number, the better where, you feel. This is where I I kind of wish I had um, 
you know, I think of like like one of those little country churches. Yeah. I'm standing there, and I can think of one, like a couple people specifically. Like that little house on the prairie. Yeah, but I can think church. of a couple of people specifically right now that I would look right at the eye during this and say this verse. As for human praise, we've never sought it from you or anyone else. You need to remember that. Yeah. We all need to remember that. It's very it, important. That's especially now that we're connected in the social world of you know, social media and the internet. And this is where we're always connected. We're always on our phones. We're always worrying about all this stuff. Um, human praise is a big thing. It's all what we're craving. That's all what all of this is all about. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Paul didn't give, he didn't give two, you know, what's about it. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't. He's, he wanted to serve God and not from any impure motives, not to try to get any money and no fluff. This nope. wasn't anything pretty. He didn't have a, a fancy ministry. He didn't have a nope. preachers and sneakers worthy Absolutely ministry. Not. He did it and he didn't look like it. He didn't sound like it. But when you, when they heard his, they understood that his words came with, true power and wisdom and from Christ and he just was not concerned about it nor should we verse 7 as apostles of Christ we certainly had a right to make some demands of you but instead we were like children among you or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news but our own lives too don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God good, God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we are devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urge you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received the, his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us, too. They failed to please God and work against all humanity, as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught, up, has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, after we separated from you for, for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried it again and again. But Satan prevented us. So... Not sure what Satan preventing him means. He does not. That's always a quick one to go. Well, what the heck does that mean? That might be a that should be a pink elephant, but I, you know, if this one's already been long enough, we'll do it now. But Satan prevented you. 
Yeah, that's one of those things that it's not really clear, but we can get, I mean, a few ideas. I mean. Well, because I feel like you get that example of, you know, those things in your life. And it's funny because there's somebody I was even talking to where it's like, we feel that, you know, for our family to be able to move here, like we think would be such a great thing to be able to do. You know, like us, we've talked about if we could just get an RV, you know, or something like that. And and it's hard because you want to give Satan too much power because maybe it was that it was God's answer was no, he didn't want you to do that. But maybe Satan is preventing you. But you think of sometimes those things that are like good things that you'd like to be able to do, but yet for some reason, it just never works out. It Something always goes wrong, always falls apart. Like you just can't do whatever this is. And it almost feels like there's got to be some power in the world that's just holding you back from being able to doing this. So was that Satan preventing it? Well, you know what I mean? Is... Like how your mic's on mute. So that's like such a weird... You don't know for sure. This goes back to Daniel uh, chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, But it says, this is speaking of, it's most likely Gabriel. Um, It doesn't name the angel by name, but he speaks of Michael coming to help him. And there's only two angels that are mentioned by name in the canon. So for him to throw out Michael like that, it could be. Um, cause he had to help him. So anyway, nonetheless, he, um, he speaks about being, going to give Daniel a vision, but his way is blocked by an evil spirit. So for 21 days, he's, he's blocked from prevented from going and seeing Daniel. So this, I'll read it. Which is so fascinating. Yeah, it this is. is just so, so, this would is, be a good very, pink very, elephant. Yeah. It will. And I'll, and I'll do this one. Uh, but verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request request has been heard in heaven. I have come to answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. So... When we talk about a spiritual war, we, we're fair and all these, no, no, literal war. Like these angels and demons and stuff are fighting a literal war. Matter of fact, this angel came to give Daniel this vision and he tells him that, hey, I was meant to come to you 21 days ago, but I couldn't because I was stopped. That was prevented so fascinating. in the spiritual world from not that, you know, that angels can't defeat spirits, but it shows you. Um, the the power definitely of of spirit. So it makes me, it makes me think of that going back to Thessalonians when Paul states that Satan prevented them from, from making it back to visit Thessaloniki. Yeah. And um, I I just think of uh, Daniel there. And so even though we don't fully know what that means, we we can see that it in a spiritual nature so this means that you know yeah they can uh, they can either delay you for a certain period of time they can make things go unfortunate for you probably in different ways they can put different people in your path that you probably don't want there to delay you to prevent you um to waste your time we see that um matter of fact paul had um a, a spirit-filled lady, right, in Acts we read, that was following around saying that this man is preaching 
the gospel, just trying to be irritating and annoying. And that was preventing him from getting his work done that he needed to do because she was making a big scene and wasn't allowing him to be able to have a message. All right. So continuing on, let's continue on in verse 19. After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Okay, this is one of the main differences between the second coming and the rapture that we see. The second coming of Christ is not going to be a joyous, wonderful time for anybody uh, on the earth. It's going to be coming in judgment. So this time period is explained, or this period here where Paul is saying, after all, what gives us hope and joy in our proud reward when we stand before our Lord Jesus. It is you. That's a it's another it's also another mention of a, a crown that has received as a reward from Christ. So that was two chapters of yeah, two chapters Thessalonians today. and we'll just go ahead and finish out uh, the last two chapters tomorrow. So we'll probably go through first and second Thessalonians this week. Yeah, sounds yep. good. Thank you, guys. Thank you.